This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio brings you prescribed listening from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Here is your guest host, Jane Brown. And just before we get to today's topic, I, I want to congratulate our regular trusted contributor here on Fight Back of our group of Ontario uh, pharmacists, John Papasturgio. You've heard John over the years since 2013. Well, he was honoured with the Voice of Pharmacy Award at the OPA's annual conference here in Toronto last weekend. John has been regularly on Fight Back for the last three years discussing health and wellness issues with us and and of course, you, the Zoomer Radio listener. He was also named the Shoppers Drug Mart Associate of the Year in 2012 and the OPA Mentorship Award and named Canadian Pharmacist of the Year in 2014. So we look forward to having John back with us again in the near future. But Dean Miller joins us here today, a highly regarded pharmacist as well. Thanks for coming into the Zoomerplex. Hi, Jane. How are you? I'm well, thanks. Uh, and, and pleased that I don't have a thing called... Uh, gastroesophageal reflux. Yeah, tough to say, but uh, easy to get. Yes. Now, it's sort of the evolution of heartburn and acid reflux. Those are not nearly as serious. Well, you know what? There's a pipe, you know, uh, that's, you know, it's called the esophagus. And it, you know, it connects the mouth to the stomach, basically. And it's a pretty sensitive, uh, you know, piece of tissue. And it doesn't have the protection around it like the, your stomach does. So, you know, when it's, when it's exposed to acid, that's what you get. You get heartburn, you get acid reflux. And, you know, uh, GERD, as we call it, or gastroesophageal reflux disease, is sort of when it continues and, you know, it, there's a valve down there that kind of swings freely. And, you know, when that thing gets loose, especially like as you age, um, you know, you can start getting GERD or an actual disease state that, that is an advancement, as you said, of acid reflux. So. so, Dean, if you have a history of heartburn or acid reflux, you you are susceptible to getting this more serious condition? That's right, Jane. Like, what, what ends up happening is if you continue to get it repeated times, that valve between your esophagus and your stomach becomes a little flimsy, and it sort of lets the acid leak back up into the esophagus easier than it used to. Um, so what ends up happening is, like I said, it's it's a pretty sensitive tissue. So you get that burning in your upper chest. And, you know, it's what makes it most serious is a lot of people think, oh, my God, I'm having a heart attack. So so it's uh, it's something that's fairly easy to treat. But, you know, the, the number of people that get it and the frequency of it is, is, is huge. And once you have it, is it chronic? Can you get rid of it? Well, you know, there's really no way to actually get rid of it. It's it's just treating it. And the nice thing is, and the good thing about it is, is that the drugs to um, to, to treat it have become a lot more advanced over, say, even the last 10 years. And things that you used to have to go to the doctor and get a prescription for are now just available over the counter. And there's a lot more to come that are just going to be over the, over the counter medication. So the pharmacist's role in treating this is pretty much 
you know, as good as going to your physician because, you know, the same stuff that your physician is re- recommending for you is actually the same stuff that the pharmacist is going to oh, recommend Oh, that's good to know. Yep. yep. Uh, now, now, tell us the difference. So in terms of symptoms, what we're feeling, because you mentioned about a heart attack. That sounds very yep. serious. The symptoms associated with heartburn, acid reflux, and then GERD. I'm glad there's a short form right, for it. Right. Um, you know, so... So most simply, I mean, they're all very similar. So so what ends up happening is usually things like acid reflux and a little bit of heartburn. I mean, that's usually triggered by something. And and sometimes you, you know what that is. You know, if you have a pizza or something like that and it's a little bit spicy, you might go, oh, I know I'm going to get – I'm going to get some heartburn. So I better – you know, I better have some Tums or something, right? That's just sort of the everyday stuff that almost everybody in the population gets. Now – when GERD happens, I mean, that that is almost a continual sort of discomfort in your upper chest. It's burning. The difference, a lot of people think it's a heart attack. I mean, heart attack has other symptoms like it radiates down your arms and stuff. You don't get that with GERD. It's pretty central right up in that upper chest area. And, and it really is just a, a, an accelerated uh, heartburn is really what it is. You know, it's continual, uh, you know, burning and discomfort up there and, you know, burping and belching and that sort and of do, thing. And does it come for, uh, does it come from having something uh, that you've eaten that's acidic or it, does it just become a natural part of your yeah, condition? A lot of times it is triggered by, I mean, most people have a trigger food, a trigger beverage, you know, uh, carbonated beverages like pop and, 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 and uh, you know, sparkling wine and that sort of thing can, can trigger it as well, just as easily sometimes as super spicy food. I mean, the, the easy one to remember is the sp- super spicy food because, you know, that that's just and, acidity on its own. Right. And then, of course, we've all heard that lying down after a meal like that, that makes it much more easy for the acid to go up your esophagus. Right. It's, it's just simple gravity. Yeah. And, you know, if you're standing up, uh, you know, your odds of getting the heartburn is, is not as great as if you're lying down. So, you know, that's one of the recommended approaches. And, you know, sometimes it's you know, I've got bad GERD or just even heartburn. Wow, at night, you better just prop your, yourself up on a pillow so your head is elevated when you sleep because a lot of times, you know, it is. And, and if somebody's eating a late meal or something, sometimes it takes a couple hours. Your stomach's going to produce some acid. You might get that reflux coming back. And that's when you feel it, right? You know, you've lied down, you're going to bed, and it just makes it worse. For how long should we wait after we eat before you can safely go to bed if you're predisposed to getting yeah, this Yeah, well, this fatty reflux. foods take a long time to clear from the body. But, you know, most foods, within a couple hours, you're pretty much – it's pretty much passed into your intestines by then. And that doesn't sound – that sounds kind of disgusting. But, but once it passes into your intestines, it doesn't have the same ability to come back and give you that heartburn. So, But that's so, good to know. So if, yeah. if, if you're eating at 8 o'clock at night, you got to wait until the end of that meal and then two more hours after that before you're lying down. Right. And, and you know, if it's a, a real fatty meal, like you've gone to a fast food place or something and eaten a bunch of French fries and greasy hamburgers – it takes even longer to clear from your system, right? And that's that's you know, chicken wings and things yeah. like that. that all are, the more reason to eat earlier yeah. in the evening, yeah. and, which and, which we tend to do as we age, right? And all those nice convenience foods like chicken wings and pizza and hamburgers or stuff are the people that you know you tend to eat those in the in the evening out of convenience more than anything, anyway. And so, so what foods would you recommend eating to avoid uh, the acid? Yeah, so I mean the 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 simple foods that are you know just you know, regular meats like like chicken and fish and and veggies and stuff like that. 
I mean, that, that the likelihood of causing, you know, uh, heartburn, acid reflux, or even uh, GERD, um, those are all pretty bland. So you, you don't get the same degree of acid production. So it's all about how much uh, acid your stomach's producing. So the rule of thumb is spicier food, more carbonated beverage, that produces more acid. The, the blander the meal, the, the, more un, you know, the more likely it is to not produce very much acid and you're not going to have any problems. So. We want to discuss medications as well with Dean Miller from the Ontario Pharmacists Association, our trusted contributors here at Zoomer Radio. We also will take your calls. Dean's here to discuss the issues that you may have related to acid reflux or gastrointestinal, gastroesophageal, sorry, <laughs> reflux disease or GERD or even just simple heartburn. But if you have another question, medical related. Uh, You thought maybe you'd go in and see your pharmacist today. Well, you've got your pharmacist on the radio right here. 416-360-0740-1866-744-740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. We're having a great conversation here with Dean Miller of our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association about acid reflux, heartburn. We all experience that, but then it can go to the next level, a condition called gastroesophageal reflux disease or GERD. Jim in Hanover, you have a question for our pharmacists? Yes, uh, I suffered from acid reflux for many years. Uh, into my started in my, when I was in my twenties. My father suffered from it, and uh, went to the doctor and swallowed stuff. Nope, don't have any ulcers. So anyway, we found out that it was a nerve going down my spine uh, by the vertebrae. And I go to the chiropractor once a month, and it's just a matter of click, click, and it's gone. And that was the cause of all my indigestion and suffering. And uh, that's all it was. It was a nerve. Wow, that's an interesting story. So it didn't have anything to do with what you were eating or your esophagus, for that matter. Uh, no, I took every pill there was to get rid of it till we found out what it was. And that's what it turned out to be. Have you heard about that before, Dean? Well, you know what, I've, I, you know, you hear a lot of things. And, and I actually, believe it or not, Jim's story is actually one I have heard before. And, and uh, you know, chiropractic treatment and physiotherapy and things, you know, the, the nerves, you know, they, they control many, the spinal nerves and stuff radiate out. And, and uh, I, I actually have heard that before. Hmm. So, yeah. John in Toronto, you have a question for Dean Miller of the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Go ahead. Yes. Uh, hello. I was listening to your uh, explanation of different foods that cause different things. So, uh, I've had acid reflux for years, and I've had different medications that work for a while, and then they stop working. I moved to another one. I'm taking one now. I don't know the name of it, but uh, it, it seems to be working very good. Uh, but I caught the tail end of you explaining different foods, like spicy foods. I don't eat them. Once in a while, I'll have one. Uh, but uh, what kind of foods would you eat to prevent the acid uh, reflux? Well, it's a good question, John. Uh, most, you know, most of the very safe territory foods are things like, you know, uh, your your green leafy vegetables and things like potatoes and and you know, 
even even carbohydrates like pasta aren't likely to cause a whole bunch of, of acid reflux on their own. It's the sauce and things like that that, you know, a real spicy pasta sauce or something like that is the thing that's going to cause you the problems, not the pasta and, you know, breads and all that kind of stuff. They tend to, you know, almost help the condition more than hurt it. Because they're soaking up the that's acid. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Does that help, so, John? Yeah. Well, a, a little bit. Uh, uh, I found through experimenting what really cures it faster than anything, but it only lasts for a couple of hours, which is some relief anyhow, is whole milk. Mm. It seems to coat the stomach and absorb the acid. And when I can't sleep or lay down, I got to wait hours before my food will digest because I've been eating too big of meals. And I changed that. That helps. I eat early in the evening, so it gives me hours to digest my food. Uh, and when I, when I do that, I eat small meals and go to bed I can go to bed a lot earlier than walking around the apartment trying to get my stomach to to, to move that food. Uh, But whole milk, I can't keep on doing that because it's got a lot of fat in it. Yeah, it does. It does. And and that uh, there is some truth to, I mean, people will say if you have spicy food, drink a glass of milk that kind of soaks up the spice. Well, they used to treat ulcers with with. Oh, take some milk and it'll it'll help relieve it. And, you know, milk has got a lot of calcium in it as well. And some of the antacids that are used to treat uh, acid reflux also have calcium in them as well. So it's it's partially it's the calcium in there as well that's helping with the condition. Um, so I'm not surprised, uh, John, that the milk does do, uh, do you some good. 416-360-0740, We've been alluding to the medications. Uh, I think it's important for you to restate that the medications you can offer at the pharmacy are just as strong and just as effective as getting a prescription from your doctor. Well, that's very true, Jane. And in fact, things are going to even change again. So over the next six months, you know, we're starting to see in Canada, and we've talked about on this program before, how a lot of the over-the-counter drugs uh, of, of today are the prescription drugs of yesterday. And, and, and we're, we're seeing a big shift in, in, in certain drugs that were only available on prescription, like Losic and Nexium and Prevacid. These are all things that people may recognize as prescription drugs before, but they're all coming out with over-the-counter um, versions of them over the next little while. So the good news for everybody is that those are the, probably the most effective drugs, especially for GERD, and they're all going to be available just from going to ask your pharmacist. Now, you know, in addition, we've also talked about antacids and and particularly one called Gaviscon. So Gaviscon is a little bit of a different antacid. It has an extra ingredient in there, and it sort of just acts more in the upper part of the chest. Uh, just by the nature of how it works. And that, you know, a lot of people will take Tums or Rolaids or stuff. You know, those medications are good, but Gaviscon's even that much better and, and quite often recommended by pharmacists. So, And that would be for heartburn and acid reflux or Absolute, even the more yeah. serious GERD? Both. Okay. Both. And those drugs you were you rattled off there. Yeah, Tell us yeah. about those drugs and what they do because I would think those are more potent than the ones you've mentioned. Right, right. So, you know... The, I, I didn't even mention, you know, things like Pepsid and Zantac and things. Those have been over the counter now for a number of years. That used to be this that used to be the base of therapy. Then it moved to something called PPIs or protein pump inhibitors, the Nexium and Losic and things. And and they're some of the most commonly used drugs in Canada, so people will know those names for sure. But 
you know, they're just the, – the nice thing is they have such a good safety profile to them that people can take them, you know, once a day, twice a day, and they're going to get that relief that they need and they don't have to, you know, wait a couple of weeks and go into the physician and, you know, uh, you know, get into the healthcare system. They can just go to the pharmacist and get some, some great advice and, and, and great medication to are treat. They, are they a lot more expensive? They are expensive. That's the downfall. I mean, some of these medications are – you know, sometimes three, four dollars a day uh, of treatment. So you know, you you, you pick up a, a you know a pack of ten, and it's going to cost you you know twenty, thirty dollars. That's so, a whole lot more than a roll of Rolaids. That's a lot more. <laughs> Donna from Niagara Falls, do you have a question for our pharmacist today? Yes, I do. Um, I had my gallbladder removed about two years ago, and following that, the doctor put me on pantoprazol, forty yes. milligrams. Yeah. It does help considerably, but it's still, I take two, two a day, two tablets, and uh, it does help, but I still have terrible acid reflux. Would that be caused from the ulcer? Yes, an ulcer absolutely. Can, you can't remove that. Yeah, ulcers and, and uh, um, you know, acid reflux and, and, and the condition called GERD are often you know, very closely related. So a lot of people that have had an ulcer or, or uh, you know, have treated an ulcer, they still get the effects of, of acid reflux. And that me- the medication you mentioned, pentoprazole, is one of those medications that I was talking about. It is going to move from prescription status to over-the-counter status oh, uh, is, short, is shortly. So, okay. so it's something, I mean, as you know, you have to take it routinely, but it is one of those ones that's in that class that's going to move because into I, uh, over I the counter. Because I just pay four dollars and eleven cents for it. Right. So you get it now. on the Ontario Drug Benefit Program. It yes. is a benefit. Um, I don't think you'll get it any cheaper than that um, when it becomes over the counter. But 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 that... now, if I buy it, if it's going to be over the counter, it's obviously going to be more expensive. Right. Right. It will be mm-hmm. uh, certainly more than the four eleven copayment that you pay. Yes. And that I... that's a good point as well um, to consider that it may. St- You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio brings you prescribed listening from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Here is your guest host, Jane Brown. And just before we get to today's topic, I want to congratulate our regular trusted contributor here on Fight Back of our group of Ontario uh, pharmacists, John Papasturgio. You've heard John over the years since 2013. Well, he was honoured with the Voice of Pharmacy Award at the OPA's annual conference here in Toronto last weekend. John has been regularly on Fight Back for the last three years discussing health and wellness issues with us and, of course, you, the Zoomer radio listener. He was also named the Shoppers Drug Mart Associate of the Year in 2012 and the OPA Mentorship Award and named Canadian Pharmacist of the Year in 2014. So we look forward to having John back with us again in the near future. But Dean Miller joins us here today, a highly regarded pharmacist as well. Thanks for coming into the Zoomerplex. Hi, Jane. How are you? I'm well, thanks. Uh, and and pleased that I don't have a thing called... Uh, gastroesophageal reflux. Yeah, tough to say, but uh, easy to get. Yes. Now, 
it's sort of the evolution of heartburn and acid reflux. Those are not nearly as serious. Well, you know what? There's a pipe, you know, that's, you know, it's called the esophagus. And, it, you know, it connects the mouth to the stomach, basically. And it's a pretty sensitive, uh, you know, piece of tissue. And it doesn't have the protection around it like the, your stomach does. So, you know, when it's, when it's exposed to acid, that's what you get. You get heartburn. You get acid reflux. And, you know, uh, GERD, as we call it, or gastroesophageal reflux disease, is sort of when it continues and, you know, it, there's a valve down there that kind of swings freely. And, you know, when that thing gets loose, especially like as you age, um, you know, you can start getting GERD or an actual disease state that, that is an advancement, as you said, of acid reflux. So. so, Dean, if you have a history of heartburn or acid reflux, you you are susceptible to getting this more serious condition? That's right, Jane. Like, what, what ends up happening is if you continue to get it repeated times, that valve between your esophagus and your stomach becomes a little flimsy, and it sort of lets the acid leak back up into the esophagus easier than it used to. Um, so what ends up happening is, like I said, it's it's a pretty sensitive tissue. So you get that burning in your upper chest. And, you know, it's what makes it most serious is a lot of people think, oh, my God, I'm having a heart attack. So so it's uh, it's something that's fairly easy to treat. But, you know, the, the number of people that get it and the frequency of it is, is, is huge. And once you have it, is it chronic? Can you get rid of it? Well, you know, there's really no way to actually get rid of it. It's, it's just treating it. And the nice thing is, and the good thing about it is, is that the drugs to, um, to, to treat it have become a lot more advanced over, say, even the last 10 years. And things that you used to have to go to the doctor and get a prescription for are now just available over the counter. And there's a lot more to come that are just going to be over the, over the counter medication. So the pharmacist's role in treating this is pretty much you know, as good as going to your physician because, you know, the same stuff that your physician is re- recommending for you is actually the same stuff that the pharmacist is going to oh, recommend Oh, that's good for to you. know. Yep, yep. Uh, now, now, tell us the difference. So in terms of symptoms, what we're feeling, because you mentioned about a heart attack, that sounds very yep. serious, the symptoms associated with heartburn, acid reflux, and then GERD. I'm glad there's a short form right, for it. Right, Um, You know, so... So most simply, I mean, they're all very similar. So so what ends up happening is usually things like acid reflux and a little bit of heartburn. I mean, that's usually triggered by something. And, and sometimes you, you know what that is. You know, if you have a pizza or something like that and it's a little bit spicy, you might go, oh, I know I'm going to get – I'm going to get some heartburn, so I better – you know, I better have some Tums or something, right? That's just sort of the everyday stuff that almost everybody in the population gets. Now – when GERD happens, I mean, that that is almost a continual sort of discomfort in your upper chest. It's burning. The difference, a lot of people think it's a heart attack. I mean, heart attack has other symptoms like it radiates down your arms and stuff. You don't get that with GERD. It's pretty central right up in that upper chest area. And, and it really is just a, a, an accelerated uh, heartburn is really what it is. You know, it's continual, uh, you know, burning and discomfort up there and, you know, burping and belching and that sort and of do, thing. And does it come for, uh, does it come from having something 
eat, uh, that you've eaten that's acidic, or it, does it just become a natural part of your yeah, condition? A lot of times it is triggered by, I mean, most people have a trigger food, a trigger beverage, you know, uh, carbonated beverages like pop and, 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 and uh, you know, sparkling wine and that sort of thing can, can trigger it as well, just as easily sometimes as super spicy food. I mean, the, the easy one to remember is the sp- super spicy food because, you know, that that's just and, acidity on its own. Right. And then, of course, we've all heard that lying down after a meal like that, that makes it much more easy for the acid to go up your esophagus. Right. It's, it's just simple gravity. Yeah. And, you know, if you're standing up, uh, you know, the, your odds of getting the heartburn is, is not as great as if you're lying down. So, you know, that's one of the recommended approaches. And, you know, sometimes it's you know, I've got bad GERD or just even heartburn. Wow, at night, you better just prop your, yourself up on a pillow so your head is elevated when you sleep because a lot of times, you know, it is. And, and if somebody's eating a late meal or something, sometimes it takes a couple hours. Your stomach's going to produce some acid. You might get that reflux coming back. And that's when you feel it, right? You know, you've lied down, you're going to bed, and it just makes it worse. For how long should we wait after we eat before you can safely go to bed if you're predisposed to getting yeah, this Yeah, well, this fatty reflux. foods take a long time to clear from the body. But, you know, most foods, within a couple hours, you're pretty much – it's pretty much passed into your intestines by then. And that doesn't sound – that sounds kind of disgusting. But, but once it passes into your intestines, it doesn't have the same ability to come back and give you that heartburn. So, But that's so, good to know. So if, yeah. if, if you're eating at 8 o'clock at night, you got to wait until the end of that meal and then two more hours after that before you're lying down. Right. And, and you know, if it's a, a real fatty meal, like you've gone to a fast food place or something and eaten a bunch of French fries and greasy hamburgers – it takes even longer to clear from your system, right? And that's that's you know, chicken wings and things yeah. like that. that all are, the more reason to eat earlier yeah. in the evening, yeah. and, which and, which we tend to do as we age, right? And all those nice convenience foods like chicken wings and pizza and hamburgers or stuff are the people that you know you tend to eat those in the in the evening out of convenience more than anything, anyway. And so, so what foods would you recommend eating to avoid uh, the acid? Yeah, so I mean the 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 simple foods that are you know just you know, regular meats like like chicken and fish and and veggies and stuff like that. I mean that that the likelihood of causing you know uh, heartburn, acid reflux, or even uh, GERD, um, those are all pretty bland. So you you don't get the same degree of acid production. So it's all about how much uh, acid your stomach's producing. So the rule of thumb is spicier food, more carbonated beverage. That produces more acid. The the blander the meal, the the more un, you know, the more likely it is to not produce very much acid, and you're not going to have any problems. So. We want to discuss medications as well with Dean Miller from the Ontario Pharmacists Association, our trusted contributors here at Zoomer Radio. We also will take your calls. Dean's here to discuss the issues that you may have related to acid reflux or gastrointestinal gastroesophageal, sorry, <laughs> reflux disease or GERD or even just simple heartburn. But if you have another question, medical-related, uh, you thought maybe you'd go in and see your pharmacist today. Well, you've got your pharmacist on the radio right here. 416-360-0740-1866-744-740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. 
Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. We're having a great conversation here with Dean Miller of our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association about acid reflux, heartburn. We all experience that, but then it can go to the next level, a condition called gastroesophageal reflux disease or GERD. Jim in Hanover, you have a question for our pharmacists? Yes, uh, I suffered from acid reflux for many years. Uh, into my started in my, when I was in my twenties. My father suffered from it, and uh, went to the doctor and swallowed stuff. Nope, don't have any ulcers. So anyway, we found out that it was a nerve going down my spine uh, by the vertebrae. And I go to the chiropractor once a month, and it's just a matter of click, click, and it's gone. And that was the cause of all my indigestion and suffering. And uh, that's all it was. It was a nerve. Wow, that's an interesting story. So it didn't have anything to do with what you were eating or your esophagus, for that matter. Uh, no, I took every pill there was to get rid of it till we found out what it was. And that's what it turned out to be. Have you heard about that before, Dean? Well, you know what? I've, I, you know, you hear a lot of things. And, and I actually, believe it or not, Jim's story is actually one I have heard before. And, and uh, you know, chiropractic treatment and physiotherapy and things, you know, the, the nerves, you know, they, they control many, the spinal nerves and stuff radiate out. And, and uh, I, I actually have heard that before. Hmm. So, yeah. John in Toronto, you have a question for Dean Miller of the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Go ahead. Yes. Uh, hello. I was listening to your uh, explanation of different foods that cause different things. So, uh, I've had acid reflux for years, and I've had different medications that work for a while, and then they stop working, I moved to another one. I'm taking one now. I don't know the name of it, but uh, it, it seems to be working very good. Uh, but I caught the tail end of you explaining different foods, like spicy foods. I don't eat them. Once in a while, I'll have one. Uh, but uh, what kind of foods would you eat to prevent the acid uh, reflux? Well, it's a good question, John. Uh, most, you know, most of the very safe territory foods are things like, you know, uh, your your green leafy vegetables and things like potatoes and and you know, even even carbohydrates like pasta aren't likely to cause a whole bunch of of acid reflux on their own. It's the sauce and things like that that you know, a real spicy pasta sauce or something like that is the thing that's going to cause you the problems, not the pasta and you know, breads and all that kind of stuff. They tend to, you know, almost help the condition more than hurt it. Because they're soaking up the that's acid. That's right. That's right. Yeah, does that help, so, John? Yeah, well, a, a little bit. Uh, uh, I found through experimenting what really cures it faster than anything, but it only lasts for a couple of hours, which is some relief anyhow, is whole milk. Mm. It seems to coat the stomach and absorb the acid. And when I can't sleep or lay down, I got to wait hours before my food will digest because I've been eating too big of meals. And I changed that. That helps. I eat early in the evening, so it gives me hours to digest my food. Uh, and when I, when I do that, I eat small meals and go to bed I can go to bed a lot earlier than walking around the apartment trying to get my stomach to, to, to move that food. Uh, but whole milk, I can't keep on doing that because it's got a lot of fat in it. Yeah, yeah. it does. It does. Yeah. And, and that uh, there is some truth to, I yeah. mean, people will say if you have spicy food, drink a glass of milk that kind of soaks up the spice. Well, they used to treat ulcers with with 
oh, take some milk and it'll it'll help relieve it. And, you know, milk has got a lot of calcium in it as well. And some of the antacids that are used to treat uh, acid reflux also have calcium in them as well. So it's it's partially it's the calcium in there as well that's helping with the condition. Um, so I'm not surprised, uh, John, that the milk does do, uh, do you some good. 416-360-0740, We've been alluding to the medications. Uh, I think it's important for you to restate that the medications you can offer at the pharmacy are just as strong and just as effective as getting a prescription from your doctor. Well, that's very true, Jane. And in fact, things are going to even change again. So over the next six months, you know, we're starting to see in Canada, and we've talked about on this program before, how a lot of the over-the-counter drugs uh, of, of today are the prescription drugs of yesterday. And, and, and we're, we're seeing a big shift in, in, in certain drugs that were only available on prescription, like Losic and Nexium and Prevacid. These are all things that people may recognize as prescription drugs before, but they're all coming out with over-the-counter um, versions of them over the next little while. So the good news for everybody is that those are the, probably the most effective drugs, especially for GERD, and they're all going to be available just from going to ask your pharmacist. Now, you know, in addition, we've also talked about antacids and and particularly one called Gaviscon. So Gaviscon is a little bit of a different antacid. It has an extra ingredient in there, and it sort of just acts more in the upper part of the chest. Uh, just by the nature of how it works. And that, you know, a lot of people will take Tums or Rolaids or stuff. You know, those medications are good, but Gaviscon's even that much better and, and quite often recommended by pharmacists. So. And that would be for heartburn and acid reflux or Absolute, even the more yeah. serious GERD? Both. Okay. Both. And those drugs you were you rattled off there. Yeah, Tell us yeah. about those drugs and what they do because I would think those are more potent than the ones you've mentioned. Right, right. So, you know... The, I, I didn't even mention, you know, things like Pepsid and Zantac and things. Those have been over the counter now for a number of years. That used to be this. That used to be the base of therapy. Then it moved to something called PPIs or protein pump inhibitors, the Nexium and Losic and things. And and there's some of the most commonly used drugs in Canada, so people will know those names for sure. But you know, they're just the, – the nice thing is they have such a good safety profile to them that people can take them, you know, once a day, twice a day, and they're going to get that relief that they need and they don't have to, you know, wait a couple of weeks and go into the physician and, you know, uh, you know, get into the healthcare system. They can just go to the pharmacist and get some, some great advice and, and, and great medication to are treat they, Are they a lot more expensive? They are expensive. That's the downfall. I mean, some of these medications are – you know, sometimes three, four dollars a day uh, of treatment. So you know, you you, you pick up a, a you know a pack of ten, and it's going to cost you you know twenty, thirty dollars. So. That's a whole lot more than a roll of Rolaids. That's a lot more. <laughs> Donna from Niagara Falls, do you have a question for our pharmacist today? Yes, I do. Um, I had my gallbladder removed about two years ago, and following that, the doctor put me on pantoprazol, forty yes. milligrams. Yeah. It does help considerably, but it's still, I take two, two a day, two tablets, and uh, it does help, but I still have terrible acid reflux. Would that be caused from the ulcer? Yes, ulcer absolutely. Can, you can't remove that. Yeah, ulcers and, and uh, um, 
you know, acid reflux and, and, and the condition called GERD are often, you know, very closely related. So a lot of people that have had an ulcer or, or uh, you know, have treated an ulcer, they still get the effects of, of acid reflux. And that me- the medication you mentioned, pentoprazole, is one of those medications that I was talking about. It is going to move from prescription status to over-the-counter status oh, uh, is, short, it? shortly. So, okay. so it's something, I mean, as you know, you have to take it routinely, but it is one of those ones that's in that class that's going to move because into I, uh, over I the counter. Because I just pay four dollars and eleven cents for it. Right. So you get it now. on the Ontario Drug Benefit Program. Yeah. It is a benefit. Um, I don't think you'll get it any cheaper than that um, when it becomes over the counter. But 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 that. Well, if I buy it, if it's going to be over the counter, it's obviously going to be more expensive. Right. Right. It will be mm-hmm. uh, certainly more than the four eleven copayment that you pay. Yes. And that that's a good point as well, um, to consider that it may still be worth going to your doctor for if you have health coverage, uh, as opposed to just going to the counter and getting it at your pharmacy. But you can still have that conversation with your pharmacist. Yeah, and the pharmacist can advise you sort of of the, because there is going to be different strengths of it as well. So, you know, there more than likely there still will be a prescription strength of that medication, a little bit higher, higher strength. And more than likely, it still will be covered by uh, Ontario Drug Benefit and some of the private plans. But the, the over-the-counter stuff, you know, typically insurance companies don't pay for that. So. And, and that's a, a good way of going at it as well, is going to visit your pharmacist, having that conversation about what you will likely need, should you need to go see the doctor, and whether it's going to be covered under your plan or you're going to have to pay out of pocket. Yeah, I mean, it's a conversation. I mean, we live live by that every single day, and there's a, you know, 10 or 12 different um, uh, drug uh, insurers uh, across this country, and there's thousands upon thousands of different plans. And I think a lot of people don't know that, but you know, pharmacist becomes uh, an expert on that as well. I find so. that very. Uh, I find you very efficient at that. I'm in the system at my drugstore, and so if I go in and, and talk about a drug that my doctor's prescribed, they'll tell me about the generic version and how that's far cheaper than the brand name version, and whether it is covered. And that's a great conversation to have with your pharmacist. And I find they all always make time for you. Yeah. Well, you know, the people don't think about it, but the economics of a, of a, of a prescription are, are quite interesting. And, and a lot of people don't think about it. But some of these medications, you know, are 100 or $200. And if it wasn't for your, your insurance, you know, you would, that's quite an out-of-pocket expense. So the pharmacist can help you navigate that as well. 416-360-0740-1866-744-740. We only have Dean Miller for a few more minutes here. Uh, our topic of discussion today is about heartburn, acid reflux, and GERD, the gastroesophageal reflux disease, which is the more serious form of heartburn and acid reflux. It kind of gets born out of that. Are we genetically predisposed to these conditions? Yeah, one of the callers mentioned that, and and and, and absolutely, it is the, it is the case. You know, it, it it's it's a, basically what it is. It's a leaky valve, and and you know, um, sometimes if mom or dad had it, um, you know, you're more likely to to get it as well. So it's uh, you're definitely onto something there. You know, genetically, you you certainly pick up on on you know what your grandparents had or, or or your parents. Yeah, I can remember my mother saying when I was young, I like onions, but onions don't like me. And I never what does she mean by that? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. But of course it would repeat on her afterwards, so she would stay away from yeah. them. Yeah, and this is one of those disease states that that certainly um you know people that have had heartburn, usually their parents
parents or grandparents have had it too. What about alcohol and smoking? <clears throat> and I mean, alcohol is not necessarily bad in small quantities. Does it does it exacerbate the condition? Well, yeah, uh, both of those do. I mean, you know. Uh, Smoking especially, I mean, especially if you've got GERD, because that's ongoing. And and smoking, again, another condition that, you know, smokers sort of suffer more than non-smokers do just because, you know, smoking, you know, it has an effect on so many different things in the body. Now, alcohol, um, certainly the percentage of alcohol in drinks, so hard liquor and things like that, causes more issues on the stomach than, say, uh, a beer or a couple of beers. So, so but, you know, they, they all can, they can all, precipitate, you know, acid reflux and things like that, some to a, a higher degree, almost like spicy foods. You know, the the more spicy the food, you know, the more likely it is going to be causing Right. Problems. So uh, the more uh, concentrated the alcohol right. in liquor, the more it potentially could affect your condition. Right. right. Josie in Oshawa, go ahead. You're on Fight Back. Uh, good afternoon. I'm um, asking the pharmacist a, a few questions about... Uh, the medication that the doctor has prescribed for me. Um, I was diagnosed with GERD, and um, he, he first he gave me uh, rubberprazole. Yeah, rubberprazole, yes. Yes, and uh, now he has me on the um, uh, the uh, uh, pamprazole. Yes. Magnesium. Okay. Which is the best of the two? <clears throat> well. A lot of times it, it's just, a, um, I mean, they're, they're in the same family. Yeah. Uh, both of those drugs are in the same family. And a lot of times it's just experimentation, you know, what works for you. Now, the, the second one you mentioned, I think, was the pantoprazole magnesium. Yes, and that seems to be working better than the other one did. Yeah, that's a little bit of a newer uh, uh, medication than the <clears throat> rebeprazole. Um, yes. But they are the same family. And and. and you know, outside of that, there's three or four others as well. So sometimes it's just a matter of getting it right. And, and a lot of times that when you go to your physician, that's what they do. They, they pick one, try it for a couple of weeks, didn't work, move on to the next. So, so. What, what will you tell your doctor uh, when you go back, Josie? Do you want to stay on this one? Yes, I think uh, because it really does, it stops it. The uh, the previous one, the oh, I can't even pronounce yeah. it. <laughs> Rebeprazole, it's yeah, hard yeah. to say. Um, it it was kind of half and half. And I was wondering, too, what are the side effects? Oh, good question. Well, <laughs> you know, the good news is, is there's not many. And that's why I was saying that, you know, it is moving from a status of prescription to non-prescription. So, you know, quite truthfully, I mean, the odd person gets a little bit of, you know, drowsiness and stuff, but it is so rare. Most people take the medication and go, wow, that was easy. I didn't even know I was taking anything. So No, well, that's, so. The, that's the thing with me. The, yeah. the second one, uh, there was a little bit of um, tiredness. Yeah, yeah. So, I that, mean, the first one, but yeah. the uh, pamprazole, <clears throat> yeah. there's nothing, absolutely nothing with it. Yeah. You know, another thing that, you know, we might want to mention here as well is that a lot of times people have the greatest amount of acid production in the evening. And and we often get as a, qu- a question as a pharmacist, what's the best time to take these? I'm only taking it once a day, you know. So a lot of times, especially if your biggest meal is supper, you know, it's better to you know about an hour before you're ready to eat, 
that's when you take the medication because you're going to get the most acid production in the evening. So, so it curbs the acid even before you get it into your system. Right. A lot of people like to wake up in the morning and I'm going to take my medication for the day. This is one of those medications where that might not always be the best way to take it. Okay. Better to take it around supper. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you for the advice and uh, all the direction on this kind of uh, acid food repercussions uh, that we are probably primarily um, predisposed to as we age. It is an aging kind of situation, isn't it? It's not something we we get when we're 12. Right, right. right? And we're drinking lots of pop and having candy and so on. Thank you, Dean. Thanks, Jim. Dean Miller from the Ontario Pharmacists Association, our trusted contributors. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.